Hello, and welcome to Progress in Work, a show about doing better work. I'm your host, Patrick Figures, and every other week, I am going to try to bring you something maybe a little different about work and about leadership, about being your best self in and outside of the workplace. And you're listening to the very first episode of this show. I've started this podcast as an aside to my website, patrickfigures.com, which I've kept for the past two years and have specifically written about leadership and empowering people to be amazing leaders, because I believe that anyone can be a leader, and providing pragmatic solutions to common leadership problems. One of the challenges in writing for the website is my tendency to wander and meander, and speaking for myself, I'm a ton more consistent listening to books on Audible than I am reading the 100 newsletters I'm subscribed to. So I wanted to have a format for people to engage with this material in a different way, and I wanted to have a place where I could go into a little more detail or expand on some of my thoughts in a format that's a little easier for me than writing. So each of these episodes is going to be a recap or rereading of my uh, recently, most recently published blog post. I'm going to try to alternate every other week. One week, publish something on the website, and then the next week to do a podcast with some bonus content at the end of the podcast, specifically diving into a topic that I want to explore a little more specifically. All right, let's get started. This week, I want to talk about imposter syndrome. And the term you may not be familiar with, but the feeling you almost assuredly are, that feeling of deep down being a fake, and that sooner or later, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's at work or or personal, something in your personal life, the feeling that someone's going to find out that you're a fake, and someone's going to escort you out of the building. Anyone who's done something outside of their comfort zone has had this feeling starting a new job, learning a new skill, getting into a new relationship. And for a lot of people, they use this feeling of discomfort, this anxiety, this imposter syndrome as an excuse to hold themselves back. That negative inner voice that's really insidious inside all of us starts to unnerve them and convince them that they truly aren't worthy, that that voice is right. And we've all met people that succumb succumb to this, self-saboteurs, The people who quit a job when they face any pushback or who bail on a romantic relationship at the first sign of trouble. If you have the self-awareness to relate to this specifically, if you've felt like you've had this feeling and if you're trying to challenge yourself in overcoming this feeling, you deserve credit. Because for most of us, we never even realize that we're carrying this self-doubt or insecurity, even though it's showing up in our actions. Our actions show this anxiety. It shows this nervousness, this agitation that we have. For me, I spent the better part of a decade and and certainly all my teenage years as a slave to my own insecurities and self-doubts. I wouldn't pursue new relationships. I wouldn't pursue new skills. I wouldn't pursue any venture that took hard work and practice because I didn't like how uncomfortable I felt struggling with something. I hated the feeling of doubting myself, and so I would avoid any activity that would manifest doubt because I didn't know what to do with that feeling. And what I realized is that part of being a self-actualized adult is understanding these feelings that bubble up inside you and learning how to cope with them, understanding that they're natural, especially when you're someone that's dedicated to growing yourself, to pushing yourself. You can't avoid that feeling 
because a natural part of exploring new territory, exploring a new relationship, exploring new skill means being uncertain, means being anxious. The greatest gift that you can give yourself is acceptance that having self-doubt and feeling like an imposter is a natural feeling. And so it should be no surprise then that the first step towards overcoming this feeling is simply learning how to live with it. Don't run away from this discomfort. Acknowledge its presence and that it's normal and expected. You're doing something that doesn't feel natural to you yet. This feeling of inadequacy is going to fade with time and experience. Keep moving forward. Keep focusing on what you were put in this position to accomplish. Success won't come overnight. Getting good at anything takes time and practice, but you can still give yourself grace on those bumpy first steps. Instead of focusing on what you can't do, on the things that make you uncomfortable and feel bad about yourself, focus on what you can do. Where can you be of help? Even if it's something small, apply yourself fully to that problem. Can you help your team at work tackle a hard problem by using some of your previous experiences? Do you have a skill that no one else has? What is your superpower? What is the thing that you're passionate about that no one else can tap into but you? And how can you use that to contribute to the work that's being done? And might you get in a situation where you're stuck and you're not sure what to do and you need help? Yes. So just ask for help. Don't overcomplicate it and let those situations make you anxious, and make you doubt yourself, it's okay to need help, especially when you're starting out. Don't suffer needlessly. It's only going to make things worse. You're going to be surrounded by people who want you to be successful, and they all they want from you is for you to have the humility to allow them to lift you up and support you when you need it. So once you find this thing that you're uniquely gifted to contribute, use it. The people that you work with, the people that you're partnering with, again, even if it's just a romantic relationship that you're thinking of, they just want to know that you have something to contribute and that you're willing to do your part, that you're willing to help move everyone towards the common goal. They don't care that you're young or stutter or get nervous or whatever flaw you're using to hold yourself back. The only question they're asking is, can this person help me? Are they willing to contribute? Are you able to set your insecurities aside long enough to make yourself useful? That's the essential question that everyone on this team has to answer, not just you. Your drive to be a part of something larger than yourself has to burn brighter than your anxieties. By focusing on ways you can enable others to achieve their best outcome, the way that you can contribute to their success, you'll take your mind off of the self-doubts that hold you back. There's an anxiety that's created when our experience with something does not match what we think that thing is going to look like. And I think it's just a, a natural part of how we're made up as, as humans and how our brains work, that when our fantasy of something doesn't meet with our lived experience with something, that that has to get reconciled in some way. 
I think all of us experience this in our first romantic relationships when that relationship gets rocky and we feel stunned because before you're in your first romantic relationship when you're a teenager and your only context for what a romantic relationship should look like is rom-coms and Disney movies, it's hard to understand that over the life of a very long romantic partnerships, there are going to be ups and downs. When you're 16 and 17, it's really hard to reconcile those two things. And that's true of, of so many things and why so many of us abandon things when the lived experience with them does not meet our perceived reality. I'm going to learn a new instrument and uh, that's going to look a certain way. You know, insert montage here and then I'll be able to learn a new instrument. And learning a new instrument, learning a new skill is so much more difficult than we think it's going to be. This is how advertising works so well by by blurring out all the difficult parts about getting to a desired outcome. I think this is also true for for leadership, for management, and for our professional lives, that, that taking a new job and getting to the idealized version of that job looks so different than what we hope or what we think it might look like. And this is what creates this anxiety. Life is so much messier, and we're so much more imperfect than our imaginations make us and make these experiences out to be. And it's this difference, this disconnect between our imagined self and our imagined experiences and what we hope that these experiences are going to be and what we, what we think we should be or how we think we should be in these circumstances. That creates this feeling of inadequacy and fraudulence. And in and of itself, this isn't a problem. The problem with this feeling of fraudulence, inadequacy, anxiety, that, that problem, everyone feels that. So many people feel at different times sad, unhappy, anxious, nervous, restless, whatever that negative feeling might manifest in. The problem is when it shows up in your actions. Self-doubt is very natural, and it's completely fine to doubt yourself and feel anxious and be worried. No one cares what you feel and what worries you. Because no one can see it. What people care about and what matters to the external world is what you do and what's reflected in your actions. So yes, to some extent, we're talking about the ability to not feel this feeling, to not feel fraudulent, to not feel anxious. But some people are just going to be more anxious than others. Some people are going to have negative feelings more than others. And that's a biochemistry problem. More than anything, what we're targeting is our behaviors, is the actions that follow these feelings and trying to empower people to overcome the negative byproduct of these emotions. There's a wonderful quote that's attributed to Nelson Mandela about courage. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. So the exercise for you, if you're someone that's susceptible to anxiety and imposter syndrome, is not to not feel these feelings anymore. You can't just shut off that valve. It's to not let those feelings control you and to have the courage to overcome them as best as you're able. And a big part of overcoming anything is to better understand it and not to misattribute it, not to misattribute your fear and anxiety and self-doubt to some sort of reality that I don't feel confident or I feel anxious because I am actually unworthy. It's to recognize 
that that's a natural reaction. And this in turn is your first step towards being more authentic. I think a large contributor of why so many young leaders and young professionals struggle with authenticity and struggle to just be themselves and downplay their best qualities is because they don't want to feel different from everybody else. They, again, want to pursue this idealized version of what they think they should be emulating, which is ironic because we all acknowledge that everyone's different, that we're all these precious little snowflakes and that no two people are alike and no two relationships are exactly alike, that we have different strengths and weaknesses. But for some reason, we're all also perpetually in pursuit of one idealized style of leadership and one idealized version of a relationship and one idealized life. We think that success looks one way. We think that great leadership looks one way. We think that love looks one way. When in reality, the the strengths, the skills, the baggage that you bring to the table are going to shape what success looks like for you. Your uniqueness, the thing that's in large part driving this feeling of inadequacy and imposter syndrome, that you're different, is your secret strength because it will uniquely define your journey and it will make your success look unlike anyone else's success and anyone else's journey. It's not a bad thing because you get to be the author of your own narrative. It will be impossible for anyone to tell you that you're not exactly where you should be on your journey. But what's so often the problem with that is that when we're insecure and when we're young and when we don't have the experience needed to prop ourselves up, we're desperately looking for other people to tell us and to reassure us whether or not we are where we should be. So there's a tension between those two things. We look to others to reassure us and other people aren't equipped to speak into what your journey should be, especially if you're bringing unique skills or unique differences to a team or to a professional environment. So if you're suffering from a unique case of, I'm a fraud because my lived reality doesn't match my imagined reality, I would challenge that. And I would challenge that maybe your lived reality should look the way it does. Maybe it's impossible for you to live this Um, idealized version of what you think this experience might be for you. You might be exactly where you need to be. Are you doing the best that you can? Are you being true and authentic to yourself? Are you letting your unique strengths shine and having the courage to bring your uniqueness to the table, whatever that strength happens to be? But it starts with you accepting yourself and not trying to pursue an image of what something should be. Accept that your journey isn't going to look like anyone else's. And if you can learn to accept the disconnect between what you thought this was going to look like and what it actually looks like, by internalizing that the very reason that it's different, the very reason there's a disconnect, is because of something that's good about you and unique about you that can be a strength for you, then that will best equip you to keep your imposter syndrome under control. Thanks for listening. 
this is something new that we are trying, so I'd love your feedback. Feel free to reach me at Patrick at PatrickFigures.com. If you've got a workplace or leadership question or just want to talk, would love to hear from you. I think new episodes are going to go up every other week. We'll alternate, so next week you'll see something on the website, and then that will be the intro for the podcast the following week, so it'll be back and forth, website, podcast, website, podcast. The music for today's episode was an excerpt of Something Elated by Broke for Free, used under Creative Commons. See you next time.